Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Wednesday edition of the show, and the Bucks play on Sunday, so you know that it is a preview episode, and we will be previewing the Bucks' upcoming matchup against the red-hot Cincinnati Bengals in a game well, there's only four games left in the season, but every single game is vital and crucial to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we'll see if they can wipe the slate clean from an abysmal performance on Sunday uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my co-host of the Pewter Report podcast and the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com. That is Scott Reynolds. And Scott, this is an uphill battle in the first place and yep. that hill to climb is even higher given the fact that uh some of the bucks best players on offense and defense most likely are not available for this game yeah matt this is going to be interesting because this this might come down to who's the healthier team on sunday the yeah. bengals also dealing with a lot of injuries you look at at trey hendrickson their defensive end who has six sacks this year Broke his wrist in the Browns game. They have not ruled him out. Doesn't look like he'll play, but he's given Donovan Smith fits in the past. He had three sacks combined in two regular season games against Smith when Hendrickson was with the Saints during the 2020 season. So that right there is is something to keep an eye on. Also, too, some of the skill position players for the Bengals, uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, the tight end, those three players probably right now listed as questionable. They're dealing with some various injuries, and we didn't see uh, a lot of, uh, I think Boyd was the one who was out, or was it Higgins? I get those two confused sometimes. But one of those guys didn't yeah. play much in the game because of a hamstring. The other one had a, a dislocated finger. So Jamar Chase is still playing. Joe Burrow is still playing. Joe Mixon still playing. So those three alone are are quite the handful for a defense that could be without Vita Vea, Antoine Winfield, Jamel Dean, um, Mike Edwards. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's going to be it's going to be advantage Cincinnati, and especially if some of those guys I mentioned on their injury report end up playing, uh, this this game could be kind of ugly this is a, a Bengals team that's nine and four they deserve to be nine and four yeah they are red hot they're right now they are even with the Baltimore Ravens and I've seen some people on on Twitter kind of speculating well you know this is an NFC team do the Bengals want to rest their players listen every game counts I mean every the, game they're, they're tied for the division with the Baltimore tied for the divisions they would be it, insane exactly to rest some of their players right now exactly exactly so as as Brian Shaw says, uh, uh, pull it up here. Jamar Chase is all the Bengals will need. That very well could be true because what what I think is going to happen is without Jamel Dean, Zion McCollum will probably be starting opposite Carlton Davis with D Delaney in the slot. Is my guess, and that would not be good for the Bucks. Uh, Zion McCollum. Right. 
not grading coverage, not great tackling. Exactly. You know. That's part of the issue with the fact that Jamel Dean not being able to play. And he's he was in a boot today. So yeah, you know, there was a report. We had the story out yesterday. Ian Rappaport reported that. Yeah. Um, it's not a very serious injury, but he is going to miss some time. And if you're yeah. in a walking boot, that shows that you're not going to play. So there's almost even more importance. Todd Bowles spoke about today that um you know, Sean Murphy bunting is ahead a little bit of Mike Edwards and Anton Winfield Jr. in terms of yeah. like practicing. They need him everybody. back. Yeah. It's almost, yeah, crazy. We're saying, oh my God, the Bucks need Sean Murphy yes. bunting. Like, how can you imagine? But if SMB is out too, you're not just replacing Jamel Dean with Zion McCollum or D Delaney. You got to right. choose one to play on the outside and you got to choose yeah. the other one to play in the slot. And as you mentioned, like Zion would probably play outside, D Delaney <clears> played some in the slot in the game against the 49ers would take that position, but that's yeah. a tough, tough matchup. If you have both of those corners playing significant time versus, yeah. okay, SMB plays, he can be outside and sure it's not the same as having Dean in there, but right. it's definitely a little more helpful. And let's also remember Scott that, you know, regardless of whether Higgins and, and Boyd mentioned like whether or not they're able to play, they just got Jamar Chase back like two weeks ago and still right. went undefeated when Jamar Chase was, That's right. was out. So now they're subbing in, okay, they're going to have their best wide receiver, who's arguably the best receiver in the game of football. Right. Shout out to LSU because it's either Jamar Chase or it's Justin Jefferson. Just yeah. dominate. <laughs> the, yeah. Collegiately, they are dominating the landscape in terms of uh, players coming to the NFL. So it really doesn't matter who's going to be in or out because Cincinnati has shown, they have proven, they can overcome some of their top players being injured. The Bucs, on the other hand, have not been able to display that same type of, uh, you know, willingness to overcome adversity. So we'll see which one prevails. Yeah. And the other thing, too, and we're, we're really kind of getting into our, our preview a little early. We're, we'll get more in-depth a little bit later. We'll talk about some news from One Buck Place today. but. Devin Health Training Center, but uh, the safeties too, right? Not having Antoine Winfield and Mike Edwards, should they should neither be able to participate or or even one, then then you're I say you're stuck with, but you're stuck with Logan Ryan and you're stuck with Keanu Neal as your safeties. Neal is better in the box than he is playing deep, yeah. and and we've we've seen that. Um, Logan Ryan, I don't think has been the same player since coming back from that foot injury. I'm not sure if it's just a conditioning thing, getting back in the flow of it, or if he's just, you know, not a hundred percent. He probably isn't. I mean, he's, he's missed some time with that foot injury. Probably, you know, they needed him. So he's good enough to play, but is he good enough to uh, succeed and be that kind of, you know, a big time factor that he was at the start of the season. We haven't seen that yet. We've seen him be late on some, some uh, coverages and, uh, you know, getting over uh, whether it's cover two, cover uh, three, whatever he's, mm. if he's single high or if he is playing uh, like a split field coverage, he has not been timely in getting over the top and helping out. So it's, it's going to be a challenge because of the cornerback situation, but even more challenging because of the safety situation too. Just not, not, not enough horses in this buck secondary to, to really make a difference, I think. But uh if you need some horsepower to start your day, you know, do what I do, which is go to Celsius. Celsius is the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Good lordy, look at those flavors, Matt. Tropical vibe, Arctic vibe, peach vibe. 
they will have you vibing uh, early in the morning if you have one. I have Celsius in the morning. It replaces coffee for me. I can't drink co coffee anymore because of the acidity. Had some throat problems, you know, a couple of years ago. And I've, I've just said, you know, see a coffee. And I've started my day with, with Celsius. The other thing, too, is coffee kind of dehydrates you a little bit. At least it does me. But with Celsius, it's refreshing. It's, it's a refreshing energy drink that tastes great. There is a ton of flavors. And there's a couple ways that you can get Celsius, which is pretty cool. Not only can you go to a convenience store, health and fitness store, a grocery store, or a bodega, as Matt Matera would say, and grab some Celsius's there and try them, which I recommend. But uh, if you don't know where Celsius is found in your neck of the woods, you can go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, type in your address, and you'll find exactly which bodegas, convenience stores, grocery stores, health and fitness stores, uh, those particular Celsius uh, uh, cans are at, and you can try some. What they're selling now is this, this Vibe variety pack where you can get Tropical Vibe, Arctic Vibe, and Peach Vibe. I saw that, that pack at, at Publix the other day. So you can get all three of those. It's kind of like a, a, a mini variety pack with all three of the Vibe flavors. But they've got a ton of other flavors, too. Those are the newest ones. Orange is one of my favorites. Uh, you, you can see they've got a, a Kiwi Guava. They've got uh, an orange. Actually, it's a Peach Mango Tea. Uh, which is not even a sparkling flavor. It's just, it's green tea uh, infused. Wild berry, watermelon, which is one of Ashley's favorites. So there's a ton of different flavors that you can get. Seven essential vitamins. You get all the energy you need without the sugar crash. Why? Because there's no sugar and no preservatives. Go online and buy them in bulk once you know the flavors you like that and you want to have. You can use the subscribe and save option. They'll ship them to your door, Matt. They come right to your place and you save money that way. So if you're looking for an energy drink, Celsius is the way to go. It's the official energy drink. Peter Report. It's the best drink in town. I miss the Arctic Vibe. I haven't had Arctic Vibe in a while, so I have to get back on uh, on that on that track as well. Let me ask you. Um, you know, we talked a lot about, or we started talking about like Joe Burrow and uh, just the the talent that he has. Mm -hmm. Is he the best quarterback that the Bucs have faced this season? Now that I'm just like, I'm going through the list. Obviously, Dak Prescott week one. Yeah. Um, Brock Purdy last week. Yeah, Brock Purdy, you know, on, on, on the Tom Brady trajectory. Yeah. Right. Of great quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. He, he's yeah, in, in terms of sheer talent, yeah. I mean, I, I shoot, I, I think he's, he's phenomenal. I, I think he's. I mean, he and Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and oh know, right, I forgot about Josh Allen. I, I, I blacked the, the like the Chiefs game out of my mind <laughs> yeah. because it was like such so. I mean, it was so long ago, but it was such like a debacle that I've tried to. I've I don't know, man. I mean, you, you look at Joe Burrow, twenty-seven touchdowns, nine interceptions. He's completing sixty-eight percent of his passes. He's going to be over four thousand yards. Probably could be by the end of, of uh, Sunday's game. He's got three thousand six hundred eighty-five right now. <clears throat> he's he's a phenomenal player. Mm -hmm. Todd Bowles spoke very highly of him. We might get some of that audio later in the show. Yeah, uh, I could actually uh, I could play that right now. No, let's uh, do we'll, it. Perfect. We'll time. get Todd Bowles talking about Joe Burrow. He answers the question first, and then it gets to the Joe Burrow question. So got it. Here's Todd Bowles complimenting Joe Burrow. That's all inclusive. You know, turnovers make it a lot easier. Field position makes it a lot easier. And then we got to capitalize when we get it. We haven't had the turnovers or the field position, so that makes it tough. 
field position wise, you know, a lot of kickers have been kicking out of the end zone, but we got to return some punts that way and get better at blocking. We got a little jolt with uh, Tompkins in there, so we'll try to move forward from there. Coach, you're going up against a very talented quarterback in, in Joe Burrow. What makes him such a special player so early in his career? I don't have all the adjectives that everybody said about him. He's great. He's poised in the pocket. He throws a great ball all over the field. He can throw it any angle. He can make any throw. Uh, he has some great receivers to throw to. Uh, he has a good understanding of the offense and the game. He can take advantage of what you're trying to give him. He can run the ball when he has to run the ball. Uh, he can throw people open. He can use his feet. I mean, he, he has a knack for the game. Certain guys, when they come out of college, that young have a knack for the game already. He has it. Your one remaining. Uh... Yeah. So, you know, looking at Patrick Mahomes' stats, you, you mentioned Mahomes and Burrow as the, the best two quarterbacks the Bucks will face this year. And this year, Mahomes, slight advantage just in terms of, of the yardage, 4,160. So he's about four to 500 yards ahead of, of Burrow in that department. 33 touchdowns compared to Burrow's 29. Uh, did I say 29 or 27? It is 20, 27. So six more touchdowns than Burrow. Burrow has nine interceptions compared to Mahomes' 11, so slight advantage to Burrow there. But you know, pretty much these two quarterbacks are pretty darn good. And, of course, Mahomes has had more seasons in the league entering the draft in 2017. Whereas uh, for for Burrow, you know he's he's only been in the league for just a couple of years now, but taking the page or the the Bengals to the Super Bowl in his second season is pretty remarkable. Kind of like Tom Brady yeah. doing the same thing with the Patriots so early in his career as well. Burrow was drafted to be that number one quarterback though with the number one overall pick. Uh, for Brady, much different story as the 199th pick yeah. <laughs> as a six rounder, but still very early success for those two quarterbacks, Brady and Burrow, and also uh, early success for Patrick Mahomes. It's the same thing in Kansas City. And and Joe Burrow was asked today uh, if, you know, if, if there's if he's like the next Tom Brady and and Burrow, who ha has a, a cool level of cockiness he's about Joe, him. Yeah, he's Joe Cool for a reason. He's Joe Cool, there's no doubt. But at the same time, though, he he's not out of his realm, right? He's he said, Joe is Joe, Tom is Tom, right? In other words, it's like, don't, yeah. don't compare me, you know, to Tom Brady, I'll be Joe Burrow. And I think that's, that's smart, you know, and, and safe for Burrow to say, but uh, I, I think, I think he's a tremendous talent. Uh, I, I watched him that last year at LSU and just putting up just I mean, ridiculous it's, numbers. It's one of the greatest college football teams of all time. Yeah. At least on yeah. the offense side. Like, let's remember, Randy Moss's son was the tight end of that team. That's right. And, like, barely got into the NFL. I yep. think he's either a late-round pick or uh, an untrapped free agent. That just speaks to the incredible talent that yeah. that team had. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to compare Joe Burrow and, and Brady and Mahomes and, and how they, like, came into the league. But you could argue that Joe Burrow's – beginning to his career is almost the most impressive because remember he had that serious knee injury his first season right. comes back leads his team to the super bowl let's remember that Bengals offensive line was porous it oh yeah was absolutely horrible <sighs> yeah. and that's why they went out and they signed the bucks old pal alex kappa and they signed a yep. couple of the free agents it's still not you know the iron wall of, of an offensive line but it's definitely better than it was last season and burrow came into 
a fairly young team with a younger, newer head coach and mm -hmm. only been there for a couple of seasons. Right. Where you look at Brady, you know, Brady came into a veteran team. Veteran you know, they team, had yeah. an Especially awesome, defense. Yeah. Exactly. That had a great defense. And, you know, I'm not taking anything away from right. Tom Brady. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. But same thing with Mahomes. Mahomes yeah. came in with Andy Reid, you know, a, a guy that already had a lot of success, most of it with the Eagles, but right. got to learn under Alex Smith. Yeah. Um, had some veteran players on that team. And then obviously they brought in or they drafted Travis right. Kelsey. And, and, and Zach Taylor, you know, brand new coach, exactly. essentially. Yeah. 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 So the, the, the things that Joe Burrow was able to do last season in just his second year, it seems like he's been in the league for so much longer than just, you know, this being his third year. But, you know, my tip of the cap to him for everything that he's done. Yeah. He's just such a fun player to watch. You know, he's, mm -hmm. he has the old school vibes because he's more of a pocket passer, but he's right. he's mobile as well. And, you know, Todd mm -hmm. Bowles mentioned that. I felt like, uh, you know. Herb and he's Brooks, a gunslinger. He's got yeah, that gunslinger mentality, exactly. too. It reminds I, me a lot of, of Brett Favre, Jim Kelly, those guys yeah. that just fearless. I John mean, Elway. Todd Bowles, I was, you know, I felt like, uh, you know, Herb Brooks in in Miracle when he has the players and when he when they have to keep skating he goes again again like Todd yeah. Bowles like he's a great passer he has a great arm he's mobile he gets right. it I'm like again again like what yeah. else, what else can we say about Joe Burrow I understand we're here to talk about the Bucks but this is their opponent and Joe Burrow is just an incredibly fun player to watch yes. so apologize yes. for marking out a little bit uh, about Joe Burrow speaking of marks. <laughs> Um, Mark with the comment, yeah. Brady doesn't seem to throw 10 to 20 yard passes much scheme, or has he lost some poise? So many five yarders. There's been a ton of five yarders, a ton yeah. of screens that don't go anywhere. Right. That's why so, the, the big plays stand out more because they're so they few do. far between the overthrows and the underthrows. They stand out yeah. too as well. Uh, I, I think it's, it's a great question. And I think it's a lot of a little things. I think part of his play calling. Byron Leftwich, for whatever reason, dials up these wide receiver screens that are that have become so predictable. The 49ers literally almost had a pick six on one. It's just that telling. Tom Brady, and I'll say this again, and I'll probably have to say it a couple more times. Tom Brady does not run this offense. The only time he takes it over is in crunch time in the last couple minutes of games. He is not a field general like Peyton Manning, where he'll just call the plays and run the offense. Tom Tom likes to execute the offense, not call the plays. That's just, he doesn't want that. Where Tom excels is you give me a play and I will try to find the mismatch pre-snap read and, and then get the ball to the open guy. That That's what Tom really wants to do. He wants to execute the plays that are called, not call the plays. So the plays that are called are, are Byron's. Um, now, at the same time, Tom, Tom wants the plays that are called in the in the the, the arsenal in the playbook yes. the game plan for Sunday's games. So Tom is okaying some of these wide receiver screens. But what Tom does not really control is when they're dialed up and how often they're dialed up. That falls on Byron. So I know that might irk some fans. It actually irks some people at one buck place that would like to see Tom Brady take more control of the offense than he is. But that's not going to happen. That's just not in his nature to do that. And I know that that he he will do that at times during the two minute situations. We've seen it on television, right, where they zoom in real close. He looks at his at his wrist, right, that has the plays, and yeah. then he'll you know he'll wave off you know the play call and call his own. Maybe he should do that more often, right? But again, not in his nature. It reminds me an awful lot of Rondé Barber 
uh, Matt, my, Rondé Barber never wanted to be a team captain. He never wanted to be like a vocal leader. He was content on being the lieutenant to Warren Sapp, who was a general. He was content to being a lieutenant to John Lynch, who was a general, right. and Derek Brooks, who was a general. He wanted to be the yes man, like the yes, what Derek just said. Yes, what Warren just said. He was that kind of reinforcer guy rather than 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 that field leader. And later in his career, once Brooks and, and Sapp and Lynch were gone, he had to wear the C because he was the last man standing. Right. But he, it was a reluctant uh, leader. And and I think that's what Brady is. In crunch time, he's he's reluctantly calling the plays, but but that's where he's comfortable taking the game over at that time. And and so, you know, when 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 we talk about play sequencing and play, bad play calling, that does fall on Byron because Byron's the one calling the plays. It's not Tom, and you know who's out there running the offense. Uh, well, actually, he is, but he's not calling the plays. He's trying to to run those that, right. that are if anything tom's more of the gm you know tom was the reason antonio brown got in here tom was obviously the reason that rob gronkowski yeah. came to tampa gronk doesn't play for anyone else other than tom brady brady's probably the reason why leonard fournette is back and that's why all of us were kind of like hmm like really they're gonna sign leonard fournette to this deal but it kind of makes a little bit more sense um when when you factor in okay well we got to make Tom happy. Right. This is probably Tom's last season. I'm curious though, because I got asked about this and uh, you know, there was obviously those reports that Brady goes and changes the game plan. And like the coaches don't know until like the game starts. Yeah. And the way I respond to that is, you know, Tom Brady has been playing for what? 25 years now, right. however long it's been over two decades. All he talks about all the entire coaching staff talks about is communication, being on the same page, Right. Do you think Tom Brady, who has tried to get every single advantage that he possibly can, is now going to withhold information from the offensive <laughs> coordinator? Like, who yeah. who is that helping? This almost reminds me of the, the Arian story of he would come through with a red pen and say, yeah, that we're not doing true. this, we're not doing yeah. that. I just, I find it very hard. Like, sure, I can imagine Tom might go to a receiver and say, hey, when we run this play, do this instead of that or whatever. But yeah. little tweaks in that area, not, hey. I right. know Byron's going to say this, but I'm going to run something completely different because I yeah. just don't yeah, agree he's, with what he's doing. He, here's the thing: he's not doing that. I think. I think what what Brady's doing is 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 he's making some route adjustments, right? He's he's looking and saying, "Hey, Mike, on this on this play, don't carry the route into the end zone this way. I want you to you know to." you know, to come here and then I'm going to throw you a back shoulder fade, right? Mm -hmm. It's those type of little adjustments that, or, or, Hey, Mike, if you get this look, you know, stop and look for the back shoulder fade rather than continuing the route. It's those types of little tweaks against certain coverages, certain places on the field, red zone versus, you know, between the twenties, et cetera. And I, I honestly, I think sometimes these tweaks, might be getting the Bucks in trouble a little bit, especially between <laughs> Evans and Brady, because you see them on an almost weekly basis have one or two misfires where they're just not on the same page, right? And and there was uh, you know no better example of that than than the fourth and goal misfire by Brady. I mean, he said it was a bad throw, but obviously I think he thought Mike was going to do something else on the route. Brady took uh, the blame for it because it just was a bad throw, but 
it's it's that those little tweaks that he might be doing they might be the right thing they might be the right concept and right idea but if it's if they're not in the same page whether it's mike and and tom or tom and chris or tom and julio whatever you know it 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 just doesn't work no it can't i'm just thinking of that play again because you know it's incomplete it's fourth down and mike like you know tried to kind of die for it it was behind him so it was more he kind of like took a took yeah. a seat and tried to catch it. And then he immediately pops up and he just stares at Tom. And obviously that's going to add fuel to the fire of the fact that like they're not on the same yeah. page and they were chirping at each other on the sideline. But I just, I just can't get that image out of my head, but it does make me wonder, like, did Mike pop up being like, why'd you throw it there? Or did Mike pop up being like, Oh, like this is what you were thinking. And this is what I was thinking. It's yeah. one of those things we probably won't get an answer to. Correct. Yeah. Because it's, Hey, let's keep it in house. Let's, uh, you know, uh, we don't have to reveal every single piece of information. Sure, but. exactly. And and I think too, just to kind of finish up on Mark's point, it, there's a lot of factors. Is the is the play calling? Tom at age 45 doesn't want to get hit. Doesn't trust the offensive line in certain instances. Uh, so he's gonna his natural inclination this year is to get rid of the ball uh, quicker. And if you notice, I think one of the biggest tells, and and maybe we can get you know Paul Atwell or Josh Capo or one of our intrepid Peter reporters who really dive into the the plays and the in the statistics and, and all of that to look at this but the five wide concept was huge in 2020 and 2021 for for Bruce Arians where they would go empty shotgun a lot right now yeah. not necessarily four wide receivers it would be a three wide receiver set with Gronk who would flex out into the slot Right. And you'd have Lenny go in motion and now he's in the slot. So you would have five wides on the field that a given time might be Chris, Mike and Scotty and then Gronkowski and, and Leonard. Or instead of Scotty, it might be a B when he was playing for the Bucks. But they would go five wide a lot. And, and that really creates some mismatches in a lot of different things, whether it's linebacker on running back, linebacker on tight ends safety on you know receiver etc and, and we just don't see that anymore but why why did they do that matt because you had three pro bowlers up front and and marpet jensen and werfs you had a much better playing donovan smith who was having a fantastic year last year only six penalties one sack and then you had alex kappa who was the weak link who just got paid a king's ransom right. by the bengals in free agency so they just don't do that anymore they, they rarely go five wide and the reason why they don't is because Brady just does not trust the five that he has to block in front of him now. So that was a big part of this no risk it, no biscuit, Matt. They got yeah. some big plays out of those 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 vertical routes that the receivers and Gronk were running down the field, and they just are not in that 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 personnel formation anymore. Uh, with with uh, with essentially a, a five wide look, sometimes running three or four verts on on a particular route. So. That that whole part of the offense is really not in play this year. At least I haven't seen it much at all. And if we did see it, it was earlier this year. And again, it, is, it speaks to the predictability, the blandness of the offense when you're not getting yeah. something uh, creative like that. Scott, I have a hypothetical for you that I'm going to ask you in just a moment. But first, I'm okay. going to talk about our favorite beer at PeterReport.com, the official beer at PeterReport.com, Pirate Republic. They are based out of the Nassau Bahamas, and they are coming to Florida just in time for football season and the holiday season. Get it as a gift for your loved ones. Beer brings people together to celebrate life. 
That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original pirate code, which is a sense of belonging. Pirate Republic is a community of people living life on their terms. You have the Long John Pilsner. That's in the red can right there that you see on the screen. It's perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. Personally, it's my favorite. Then you have the green can, perfect for the holiday season as well, red and green. That's the Take No Quarter IPA. It's the best IPA that you can drink. It's got 7.2% alcohol in there. And then last but certainly not least in the gold can here, that is the Golden Haze of Piracy Belgian Wit Beer. Drop an orange slice in that and enjoy the pirate life. Pirate Public Beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area. They are expanding across the state of Florida just in time for everyone to get it. I personally, I get mine at the uh, ABC Liquors, so uh, make sure you check it out. Live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic Beer, the official beer of pewterreport.com. Now, Scott, the hypothetical I have for you, we'll stick on like just players on offense because I think that's where it's obviously hurt the Bucks more. If you could take one player from last year's team or one player that's not playing on the roster right now, whether because they're not on the team anymore or they're injured in Ryan Jensen's case, what player do you wish that the Bucs had this season for this year's offense that you could take and put them on this year's offense that would maybe clean up some of the issues that this team has had? And I think Scott is frozen. <laughs> Everyone's saying Marpet. Is Scott frozen or it's just me? I think it's I think Scott is frozen. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get Scott off the screen here for a moment. Uh looks like Scott's frozen. Uh that happens from time to time. So uh Scott will be back on in a moment. So, you know what? I'll give my answer because, um, and I, I do agree with some people in the chat here. Nate says Ali Marpet. Mark says Ali Marpet. I was going to say Ali Marpet as well. I think he's been the biggest loss. Scott, we lost you there for a second. We were on uh, pins and needles waiting for your answer. Uh, did you get my question or do you need me to repeat? I did not get your question. Sorry, I'm having some internet no, uh, no worries. problems here, but uh, but yeah, go ahead and tell me that. No worries at all. So my question is, and we'll stick with like the offense because uh, that's hurt the Bucks more this season. Okay. If you could take one player from last year's team or one yeah. player that um, is not playing right now, so you can mm-hmm. include Ryan Jensen if you want to. One player from last year's team that you wish was on the Bucks offense yeah. for this year's team that would clean up a lot of the issues that they've had, uh, who would you pick? I would say... Boy, oh man! Because you got Ryan Jensen, Alan yeah. Marpet, yeah, that's uh, Antonio Brown, uh, Rob Gronkowski as well. Uh, so a couple different options. There. Oh boy, uh, the the correct answer. Or you go is Cyril all... Grayson Jr. Yeah, the correct <laughs> yeah. answer is all. Um, boy, I would say, I would say Marpet because I think if he was the starting left guard from from week one, they might have had some some wins like they might've beat the Pittsburgh Steelers if you have him there rather than Luke Gedeke. So I, gosh, I, I would probably say Marpet. I think he helps out in the run game an awful lot. Um, 
Yeah, I'm seeing AB I, here also. And listen, when if you were to take the asshole just completely out of AB's persona right. and just make him a robot football player running routes and beating people one-on-one and, and catching touchdowns, he's the guy. I mean, they missed that dynamic, speedy wide receiver that that uh, that can create on his own and stop and go routes just just the, the whole nine yards i think he adds such a different element to this offense that that honestly this team has not been able to replace julio jones hasn't been that guy russell gage certainly not that guy yeah. scotty miller's not that guy for sure perriman nope so that has been the guy that that they really miss from a firepower standpoint and so i i would say marpet a and then uh I would go with a close B with AB. Yeah, I think those are good answers. I I would have picked Ali Marpet as well yeah. because you got to think like, sure, Ryan Jensen. First of all, there's no wrong answer, but like Ryan Jensen, they are clearly missing him. But we've all said like Robert Hainsey has done a solid job. So if if you have a solid Robert Hainsey and you still have Ali Marpet in there, obviously, like you said, that removes any idea of like Luke Gedeke being in there. And Nick Leverett's done a good job too, but no one can compare to Ali Marpet. And then I think you also have to factor in the struggles of Donovan Smith. I think yeah. some of that has to play into the fact that Ali Marpet's not next to him, a guy that he's played essentially his whole career with. So I think that would clean up a couple, not all, but a couple of the issues that Donovan Smith has had playing offensive tackle this year. And it allows more trust for Tom Brady. Maybe Brady holds onto the ball a little yeah. bit longer and they don't fall into some of the issues that they've had. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any wrong answer, but I don't know. I thought it was a fun little exercise. No, yeah, to, I, to I, I, I agree. Uh, so Brian Hernandez, what's up with Ryan Jensen's injury? He has a knee injury that didn't require surgery. We don't know the specifics of it in terms of whether it's a PCL or I, I don't believe it was an ACL. Um, but, you know, he, he's not, he's not going to come back and play this year. Uh, he's not, he's not healthy enough to, to practice right now. And, and even, even if he was, and I've, I've seen some people on social media, well, maybe he'll be back by January. This is not like Vita Vea, Matt. I think you would agree with me on this, right? Vita Vea right. came in at the NFC Championship game and played uh, over a dozen snaps, mostly on pass rushing downs to help Shaq Barrett and JPP get to Aaron Rodgers, and it worked. But he was a situational, rotational player. You can't do that with offensive linemen. You can't come in and say, all right, we're going to give Jensen 20 snaps to center, and then Robert Haynes will play, you know, 45. You, you can't do that. No. And, and I, I don't I don't see in any situation where, where Ryan Jensen is going to be able to come back from a stamina standpoint, be able to play three hours when he has not had training camp, not had any preseason, not had any live contact, and be able to play a whole game. Because oh, and the, by the way, the season's on the line because they're playing the Panthers and the Falcons, right. and you're trying exactly. to win the division. Yeah, so it doesn't work like that where, you know, if, if you have a player coming back and from an injury in Madden football, he's going to come back and he's like, boom, 100% ready to go. Yeah. It didn't work that way in real life. And I, I even saw a question I wanted to get to earlier about Chris Godwin. Uh, is Chris Godwin back, right? I think Chris Godwin is on his way back. I think Chris Godwin yeah. is getting more separation now than he did earlier in the season. And I think that's a good sign, but he's not all the way back. He's not back to where he was. He's he's back in the fact that if you give him a high volume of, of number of targets, he can make a high volume number of catches and be productive. 
but we haven't seen the explosive Chris Godwin, right, Matt? I think we have we haven't seen the guy that that can rip off a 50, 60 yard uh, catch and yeah. run. You know, he did have what the, the one long run catch and run was that against the Ravens, I think. Yeah, he had that play. He made a nice catch down the field. It was a nice, like, athletic leaping yeah. play, but it wasn't, yeah. you know, I mean, he was tackled right away. It was right. kind those of a were, highly thrown ball. Correct, yeah. 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 Those those were more on the regular, on a regular basis, you'd see those plays from Chris Godwin. The good thing is we're seeing them. We're seeing that, that you know, catch down the middle where he beat the linebacker in coverage, yes. was able to make a 34-yard catch, I, I believe it was 34 yards. He's capable of doing that now, where earlier in the season maybe he really wasn't, but he had those type of plays on the regular over the last couple of years. And I think we're going to get back to old Chris Godwin next year. This is his comeback year. And then next year, I think will will be his be back year. I'm with you. I, I don't think Chris is all the way there. I would say probably like 75% right now, something like that. And like, you know, it, he's a hundred percent. If you just want your like, run-of-the-mill wide receiver but Chris Godwin is way more special of a player than that um yeah. so yeah I think like by next training camp you're gonna see the old Chris Godwin you're absolutely gonna love it it's just a matter of who's gonna be throwing him the football really is is the big question because yeah. you might get the the 100 Chris Godwin and I'm not trying to look too much into the future for the Bucks. you might have a fully athletic Chris Godwin but just you know no quarterback to really right. get him the ball so you might not <laughs> yeah even see the splash plays and you might be like, what the heck? Why isn't Chris Godwin popping off? I thought yeah. he's fully healthy. He is, but that's why football is the ultimate team game. Right. Uh, Harvinder with a good question here. And you pewter people are just awesome. We love our regular contributors. We love the new people that ask really good questions. Can't get to them all, but uh, we'll certainly get to the super chat questions. You give a super chat, you're going to get an answer, but yes. uh, we do pick out some questions when time permits and from time to time. So if Jensen isn't coming back, then why doesn't Bowles just say that when he's asked in press conferences and put it to bed? That's a great question. I think this kind of speaks to what what happened with Vita Vea in 2020, where Bruce Arians went to him and while well, he was working out and saying, listen, man, I know, I know you want to come back and you keep working out. You do your your part and we'll keep winning and do our part. And if we win enough games and, and you know, and, and you're and your rehab is ready and, and it ends up, you know, meeting like this where we're touching, then then you're back, right? And so I, I think that maybe for, for Ryan Jensen's standpoint, they didn't want to close the door publicly and put a nail in, in his 2020 uh, coffin or 2022 coffin, if you will, and say, you know, hey, we'll see you next year. I think they wanted him to rehab as aggressively as possible, leave that door open. It doesn't hurt to leave it open. Uh, but I just think from a, a realistic standpoint, and Charlie asked the question here, why can't you swap out offensive linemen, though? Honestly, surprised it hasn't happened already. Uh, I, I think part of the reason is is just with continuity, especially at center. If you remember, yeah, I want to say it was last year, Matt, against the Falcons, they rotated their centers in a game up in Atlanta. Yeah. And it was disastrous. There was a couple of bad <laughs> snaps and fumbles. They and, blitzed the crap out of them, too. And just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, from a continuity standpoint, you can't have five fingers out there with the offensive line. It has to be a fist. And and that you have to yes. be on the same page with all the twists and stunts that, that you are faced with up front between tackles and ends. So you really it, it has to be a unit. It, it's so hard to just switch out guys. I know the Bucks 
rotated left guards, right, against what the Panthers with Nick Leverett getting some snaps with Luke Gedeke as the starter yeah. back in that game. But even then, Matt, you can do that maybe a guard. It's just so different at center because they touch the ball on every play. It is. And like you said, you, you can get away with it with a rotational – not that Vita Bay is a rotational defensive player, but when he's coming back from a serious knee injury, he's yeah. a rotational player in that sense. You can't you can't do it that late in the season with, with Ryan Jensen. It's just you've already had too many issues, and Jensen, as great as he is, is not going to fix it, you know, yeah. that quickly. And speaking of injuries, the injury report just came yeah. out, so uh, I'll I'll get to that in just a moment. But first, let's talk about. One of our favorite gambling websites, that, of course, is mybookie.ag. And you don't have to wait just for, you know, football to get it going. You got college football bowl season. Basketball is underway. The Bolts had a great game last night. They won 6-2 in Yanni Gord's uh, return to uh, Yanni. Yanni. Um, yeah, so get in on all the action. The World Cup. The World Cup finals on Sunday. And uh, Who's playing you know, in that? It is... Argentina, Messi, okay. if uh, you're a fan of Messi. Todd yeah. Bowles, favorite soccer player, Messi. Okay. And um, I saw France was winning. I don't know if they won, but probably France. Okay. Um, so you can bet on that Sunday morning and then watch the Bucks game and bet on that as well. Uh, sports betting is intense enough. You shouldn't need to sweat out your payouts. So my bookie has a no-strings bonus that lets you cash in and cash out quick. Use the promo code PEWTER, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, on a deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Using this bonus is simple. Bet your deposit amount once, and you're ready to cash out. It's no strings attached with MyBookie. Hammer this bonus on MyBookie so you can focus on what's important during the holiday season. That's family, food, and securing that money bag. So bet anything, anytime, anywhere only with my bookie. That's promo code Pewter. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that this is a great deal. Uh, the new deposit bonus is a 10% cash bonus on deposits up to $2,000. And the minimum deposit you have to put in is $50. The maximum bonus is $200. So check out mybookie.ag. Uh, a ton of great different deals. I know I won pretty big on the Bucks opponent next week. When they played the Cardinals, I bet on the Patriots minus uh, two and a half mm -hmm. to uh, cover the spread against the Cardinals. They did that very easily in the second half. It wasn't looking great in the first half because the Patriots offense yeah. is still absolutely terrible. Uh, but nonetheless, I won and uh, you can too over at my bookie. So let's get to the injury report that just yep. came out. A couple of new additions that we weren't expecting. Jannard <laughs> Avery, the outside linebacker, dealing with an abdomen and oblique injury. He was limited. Jamel Dean toe did not participate. Mike Edwards hamstring. He was limited. So that's a positive sign there. Julio Jones. Uh -oh. Welcome back to the injury report. Yep. He did not participate with a knee injury. Sean Murphy bunting practiced in full. Mm -hmm. uh, he's dealing with that quad. Carl Nassib did not participate with a pec injury. Uh oh. Joe Tryon a hip limited. Vita Vea calf did not participate. And Todd Bull said that he doubts he's going to be able to play this week. Yep. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., ankle limited, again, a better sign. And Tristan Wirfs did not participate with an ankle injury. Now, to the Cincinnati Bengals. Tyler Boyd, wide receiver. Matt, we're on to Cincinnati. We're, we're on to Cincinnati. Uh, I hope Tom Brady says that <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, he was limited with a finger injury. Joe Burrow, right elbow, fully participated. 
Lyle Collins, their offensive tackle, had a rest day. He did not participate. Cornerback Jalen Davis, thumb injury, did not participate. Defensive end Trey Hendrickson, he broke his wrist last game. He did mm-hmm. not participate. T. Higgins, wide receiver, hamstring, limited. Safety Dax Hill, hamstring, limited. Cornerback Mike Hilton with a knee, did not participate. Hayden Hurst, the tight end, did not participate either with a calf injury. Yep. Defensive end Joseph Asai with the shoulder, he was limited. Defensive tackle DJ Reader had a rest day, so he did not participate. And last on the list, Trent Taylor, their wide receiver, has a hamstring injury. He was limited. So a a long list for the Bengals, even longer than the Bucs. Some of the guys that we already talked about with Boyd and Hendrickson and uh, and Hurst as well and Higgins. So uh, something to monitor during the week. Right. All and teams of course, coming in pretty injured. Yeah. And of course, Jamar Chase healthy. <laughs> yeah. Nowhere, nowhere yeah. to be found on this list. Right. Yeah. And so he, he came back with a vengeance after missing some time. Uh, what, did, what did Todd Bowles have to say about uh, Jamar Chase, Matt? He, he said some very yeah, complimentary He was about almost him. as complimentary of Jamar Chase as he was of uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah. Outstanding hands, outstanding size. Uh, very good getting off the ball. His catch radius is enormous. Uh, him and T. Higgins, actually, he can catch anything thrown his way. And as soon as the ball touches his hands, he's getting upfield right now. It, it's rare to see somebody get upfield that quick with that size. And he has a natural knack for the game. And, you know, he, he looks great doing it. He responded to yeah, He looks great doing it all right. So when you look at this Bengals offensive attack, it's it's pretty special, especially when everybody's healthy. We'll see who ends up playing. I, the fact that, that Higgins and Boyd are both limited today rather than being out probably right. means they're trending in the right direction. And that would mean just about a fully uh, loaded weapon uh, that Joe Burrow has to to use, which is all three of the star wide receivers. And, and right now, you know, you think of Jamar Chase being as dominant as he is. He's, he's missed some time. He missed four games. That's yeah. allowed T. Higgins to to really flourish, and, and uh, he leads the team in yardage, but not by much. Even though he missed four games, Jamar Chase still leads this team with 64 catches, 821 yards, and seven touchdowns. Higgins, 60 catches, 861 yards, just 40 yards ahead of Chase right now. And in five touchdowns. And then you got Tyler Boyd, 45 catches, 655 yards, uh, four touchdowns. The interesting thing is, is all of these guys have got yak potential, Matt. All of these guys yeah. can go deep. You're looking at a 14.4 yard average from T. Higgins, a 14.6 yard average for Tyler Boyd, and a 12.8 yard average for Jamar Chase. So that's that's saying something right there. Then you've got Hayden Hurst, who's kind of that security blanket does the work underneath the chain mover, if you will. Mm-hmm. He's got 48 catches, but for only 400 yards, 8.3 yard average with a pair of touchdowns. Joe Mixon is a weapon out of the backfield, 43 catches for him, 324 yards. That's a healthy 7.5 yard average with a pair of touchdowns. And of course we know Joe Mixon can get the job done on the ground. He's having a pro bowl caliber year with six touchdowns on the ground, 701 yards. He'll end up with a thousand this year averaging 4.1 yards per carry. So it's it's a it's it's a tough weapon uh laden offense for the Bucks to have to game plan against Matt, but you're talking no Jamel Dean, no Vita Vea, maybe not Antoine Winfield, uh you know, possibly Sean Murphy bunting plays. Um 
maybe Mike Edwards plays. Even if this defense was at full strength, this would be a challenge. It seems now that so many of the, of the book's key starters are injured on defense that it just kind of it could be a lopsided affair again for a second straight week for this defense. Oh, with that question, and I think like another player to that we shouldn't sleep on is their backup running back, Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah, now he obviously got some playing punch. time yeah. with when, when Joe Mixon missed time, but you know, P. Ryan is tied for third on the team in receiving touchdowns with yeah. four. And then, you know, rushing wise as well, just, you know, having a nose for the end zone. Mixon has six. Joe Burrow has five rushing touchdowns this year. Right. So obviously we know everything that he can do through the air, how he can find those guys. But I would not be shocked at all if if Joe Burrow, who, again, happens to know a lot of the LSU guys, such as, you know, Devin White, right? whether he played with them or not. I could totally see a situation where Joe Burrow takes advantage of the aggressiveness of, of Devin White if he doesn't harness it in the right way. And Devin has played better in, yeah. in recent weeks. So uh, this isn't me knocking on on Devin. But, you know, the one thing, the one problem Devin had last week was Brock Purdy jumped right. him out of his shoes. Now, in Devin's defense, it looked like his momentum was kind of taking him the other way. So he kind of had to, like, stop, regroup, and then try to get Brock Purdy. But he was already you know, in running motion. So I'm not totally going to get on Devin's case there. Right. But Joe Burrow can just kill you in so many different ways. And it's like, oh, he can run too. You know, yeah. I'm not saying like he's he's not going to be Michael Vick out there and, and right. go for like over 100 yards. But with all the injuries they have, like even if Sean Murphy bunting plays, he just always seems to be like a second or two behind yeah. every play. Remember the game against the Seahawks in Germany? Oh, yeah. SMB was just like, a second behind the receiver. Yeah. And that's all Geno Smith needed to get him to get it in there. And, and the Seahawks scored a touchdown. If you're going to ask SMB to play, you know, a major amount of minutes and out of necessity, they're going to have to, I just don't know if he's going to be able to hang with really any of these receivers at the moment. Hey, Emily, thanks for the uh, comment. Thanks for watching the show. She says, uh, hi, everyone. Question to Scott and Matt. I don't understand how we have gone on this downward spiral, even considering the departures or injuries, is BA actually the reason we look lost these days? I, I think that BA brought more accountability than Ty Bowles has has brought, and maybe maybe even a little bit more resilience. Uh, you know, we've seen the Bucks already have a three game losing streak, Matt, and yes. we might see another three game losing streak uh, right here uh, that that the Tampa Bay might might find itself in. Um, so I think there's an accountability issue where BA was just kind of top notch in that category. But listen, the coaching staff is the same, the injuries and the player departures. Uh, you know, this this team, you look you look back at JPP, right? In yeah. 2020, he was a, the only pro bowler, right? I mean, that JPP was way Wild. better than Joe Tron Shoenka, right? Uh Ali Marpet, way better than Nick Leverett and, and Luke Gedeke. Ryan Jensen, way better than than uh, Robert Hainsey, <clears throat> AB way better than than you know, any of the receivers that that have played for the Bucks this year outside of Evans and, and Godwin, and and so it's 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 the the loss of those players and the team has not replaced that talent first of all. Then Matt, it's the leftover talent. It's Donovan Smith going from his best year yeah. last year to his worst year this year. Donovan Smith already has eleven penalties this year. That's the most. In the NFL, for any player, his career high was was 13, and he already has six sacks surrendered. He surrendered one sack last year and had only six penalties. So even the players that 
that are still here, the leftover stars, if you will. Carlton Davis not playing nearly as well as he no. played last year. Donovan Smith, Mike Evans, three touchdowns compared to having 10 or 11 at this time last year. Chris Godwin still coming back from that injury, not the player he was before the injury. So it's a combination of a lot of things. B.A. did leave the building, yes, in terms of being the head coach and took some accountability with them, unfortunately. Devin White not having a, a, the same caliber year. <laughs> Levante David finally got a, a takeaway. 13 right. games <laughs> into the season. This was a guy that was good for you know a couple of interceptions a year, certainly led, leading the team in forced fumbles, fumble recoveries. So the leftover players, the leftover stars that stayed here, just haven't had a good year or pretty much across I, the board. I would almost say that, and I don't think Bruce did this on purpose, but I think Bruce kind of got out at the right time because of the player yes. regression and the players <laughs> yeah. that all that all left. I, again, yeah. I don't think Bruce did that by design. I think he wanted to be the coach this year, but then saw the window of opportunity for Todd Bowles. I, I think another difference too is, you know, Bruce came in with, a resume you know he was already a two-time coach of the year right um he coached he was the quarterback whisperer he had yeah. great quarterbacks that he worked with before he came to tampa um and then, and then he comes in you have the honeymoon phase that first season then you almost had a second honeymoon phase because year two tom brady comes in and that was a completely different thing so you almost right. had two honeymoon phases yeah, in a row i think with, that's great man I, think, I love the analysis there. yeah thank you and then you know, Todd Bowles, what's his resume? Great defensive coordinator. Not going to take that away from him. But yep. it didn't work out with the Jets. So he right. comes in, and the whole coaching staff has been there for a while. And I'm not saying that the Bucs players have fallen on deaf ears, but they've been together for four or five years now, right. and the message doesn't hit the same, especially when you're not winning. I'm not saying that they've tuned Todd Bowles out by any means, but you're more encouraged to play – and do the right thing with Bruce Arians when he comes in with an extensive resume right. where Todd is kind of on his, you know, his second go around of, yeah. all right, I'm coaching to preserve my name as like right. a, and, a, and the defensive players know him, right? He's been in the building for three years. And, they want to run through a brick wall for right. him. You know, the offensive players, it, it's, it's a new relationship. It really is, you know? Um, but you know, boy, if, if the Buccaneers could just turn back time, right. To those, those glory days of yep. 2020 and 2021. Well, you can turn back time too if you're feeling old like like me. I'm 50, but uh, I don't feel like I'm 50 anymore. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Guys, if you want to feel better, go to age rejuvenation. It's that simple. Do yourself a favor this holiday season. Give yourself the gift of health. Turn back time. Get get some, some time put back into your, your hourglass, if you will. And how do you do that? Well, chances are if you're feeling sluggish or low energy or low stamina or, you know, just just not feeling as good as you used to, chances are you've got low testosterone. That's natural. It's normal. It, it happened to me, uh, and it happens to a lot of men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. It's even happening to younger men in their 30s now due to the lack of nutrition and diet uh, that we're seeing in this current day and age. 
But there's a great way to combat that. It's with the testosterone therapy at age rejuvenation. You can lose weight and feel great just like I did. I've dropped some pounds, not just off the scale, but also actually some belly fat, some actual fat gone. Boom. Why? Because my metabolism's increased. I'm sleeping better at night. I've got more energy throughout the day. Go to agerejuvenation.com. Sign up for a free consultation. You can get the blood work done. Your insurance will take care of it. They'll go through all of your, your labs, look at your testosterone level, and, and you might be a candidate for the testosterone therapy. It works for me. It works for John Gilmore, retired buccaneer, who's part of our Pewter Reports uh, tailgate show, the Celsius Pewter Report tailgate show presented by Age Rejuvenation at Walk-Ons every week. And I encourage you to visit one of the five Tampa Bay area locations, Age Rejuvenation. Go to agerejuvenation.com before it's too late. We'll see if the Bucks defense can, you know, turn things around this week. But honestly, none of that's going to matter if the Bucks offense can't put up points. You know, if they if they yeah. go up again and right. and only score seven, it really doesn't matter what the Bucks defense is going to do because yeah. in today's day and age, it's it's very tough to limit to teams under than uh, seven seven points, and they might catch a little bit of a break yeah. with with Hendrickson. Zach Taylor hasn't ruled him out yet, which is right. kind of crazy because he just broke his wrist. But yeah. they have they another might, they great might cast pass. him up. You know, yeah, we'll they see. have another great pass rusher with Sam Hubbard. He yeah. leads the team with six and a half sacks. Hendrick, Hendrickson is next with six sacks. Uh, B.J. Hill is in the mix. He has two. Uh, Joseph right. Asai as well, and um, some pretty aggressive uh, corners as well. Von Bell leads the team with four interceptions. Jesse yeah. Bates the third with three. So. Um, you know, this yeah. is definitely yeah. a Bengals defense that you can't take lightly, but and the Bucs can't take anyone lightly at this right. point with their offense. I, I think on the you outside, know. right, like you, you can attack uh, you can attack them on the outside. I think that's really kind of where they're they're a little weaker, right? Cam mm-hmm. Taylor-Britt, a player I liked in Nebraska. He's a rookie. Yeah, I you remember. Know, you, you get Mike Evans on him, and, and I think that you can maybe win some of those battles. Uh, I think the other cornerback, Eli Apple, he's had a very up-and-down NFL career. Yeah. Um, but but inside, right, Von Bell's kind of like that. He's almost like Antoine Winfield Jr. He's a strong safety, but he also matches up in the slot. I think he'll be on Chris Godwin. He's got, what, uh, th- four interceptions. Jesse Bates has three. So between those two guys in the middle of the field, seven interceptions. And if, if you look at Tom Brady, where have those interceptions have come from this year? It's all, not throwing outside. No. It's been down it's the seam. All over the middle. It's, yeah. And uh, – you know, part of the interceptions that he had last week was just the fact that the Bucs had to continuously throw the ball because they right. went down by so much. So, again, the Bucs can't get into a track meet by any means. And, right. and Brady still doesn't have a lot of interceptions on the year, but there's been... Yeah, just five. He, yeah, but he could have way more, whether it's the predictable screens, a couple of drops. So, yeah. uh, they definitely have to be uh, weary of that. I'd say, oh, maybe they could just run the ball a little more efficiently, but... Yep. At this point in the season, that's just not happening. The Bucs yeah. are egregiously low with running right. the ball. I know people are on Donovan Smith's case, and for good reason. We actually asked him today, asked Todd Bowles, about switching, uh, maybe Brandon Walton putting him in for Donovan Smith. He says they've looked at all the options as it stands right now. Donovan Smith is still their best option. We'll see if that decision comes back to bite them. The Buccaneers, on a couple of positions, have finally made the right move, right? Uh they did that with with getting Luke Gedeke out of there, and it, maybe the the foot injury had something to do with it. But Nick Leverett certainly played much yeah. better at left guard. We've seen Devin Tompkins come on the scene as the punt and kick returner. Certainly made a huge impression. Was better than than any game that Jalen Darden had played in this year. 
And and I think we're going to see some some a little bit of, of Devin Tompkins on offense. Maybe he'll make those wide receiver screens happen and and get more than three yards. We'll see. I wish they just wouldn't run it anymore. I said this on yes, on on Monday show, so I don't need to like get into it again. But when you run it, run the screenplay like ten to fifteen times, and you you do it right away on the first drive of the game. Yeah, you're not going to fool anyone uh, right. at that point. It's exactly it, it's very frustrating um, because the Bucks don't know how to like properly manage games on offensive on on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but if you want to manage your money, you should be managing it with Immuni Financial. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amy Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. That's right. Managing your family's wealth means more to Muni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With 40 years of experience, let Muni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call at 1 800 868 6864. Do what I did. Get Immuni Financial in your corner. They've got tons of experience and they can help you in the state of Florida as well as across the country. So make sure you visit them on the web at immuni.com. Please do check it out. And uh, before we sign off, just want to remind everyone again that we have the Celsius Pewter Report tailgate show live from the walk-ons in Midtown this Sunday. And of course, presented by Age Rejuvenation. That'll kick off at 2.30 over again at the walk-ons. Great food, two locations, one in Midtown where the show will be this Sunday, and of course one in uh, Wesley Chapel as well. ton of great TVs, um, awesome spot where we will be. And then um, after the pregame show, I will be on for the Pewter Game Day show with a guest where we will give our live uh, in-games reactions, analysis to everything that is going on with the with the Bucks game. And we have fun no matter what, obviously – Last Sunday's game was a blowout, and we still had a great time and great comments by uh, everyone in the chat. So no matter how good or bad it will be, uh, we still make sure that we have a uh, good time. And if you have a good time seeing all of our information on pewterreport.com, all of our insight, our articles, and uh, you know our videos on our YouTube as well, uh, just do us a favor and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. It's absolutely free. It just lets you know when we go live with uh, with a new show or a new video that's out. We have one earlier today that you can check out. And, uh, yeah, we just really appreciate it. We're trying to get to 10,000 subscribers by the end of the season. And uh, we're getting new followers every single day. So we want to keep that momentum going and would appreciate it if everyone could do us that little favor right then and there. And uh, also, we'll be back tomorrow. Myself, J.C. Allen, possibly yeah. our intern, Adam. Want to give him that opportunity? Yeah, be cool. uh, he, he's had fun. It'd be good. To, Sly does a great job. Yeah, he does. Yeah, shout out to Sly. He's probably watching right now. If he got home yep. in time, we left at the same time. He lives a little bit further away. Uh, but anyway, until then, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you everybody for watching, and we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out and R.I.P. Mike Leach. By Out. the way, the, yes, the huge R.I.P. Pirate. Football world. Love that guy, Pirate.
Innovator. Very talented guy. Very funny guy. Great coach.